How's everybody doing? Good to be with you. Amazing to worship together. You know, I, it's amazing what God's doing to the life of this church. I have a, I had a milestone recently. By the way, like Pastor Tom said, I'm Pastor Rob. I'm one of the executive pastors here. Like I said, I, I hit a milestone recently. I actually went past the 30-year mark of working on this campus. Amazing. Like I told Pastor Carl last service, I, I'd, I'd pay him to do this job. I'm so blessed to be here, do this, be able to serve the Lord, this great community of believers. You know, I can honestly say that having had front row, box seats, if you will, for the last 30 years of the amazing church and the thousands and thousands of people who have been saved in this church, I want you to know we've hit a time of, of a whole new height. I, I believe that the anointing of Pastor Carl, the chemistry that's on this staff and the love they have for one another, the amazing leaders, many of you are here tonight who lead our connect groups and work in our children's church and all that you do and the amazing congregation that's so enthused and excited. It's contagious of what God's doing through the life of Anchor Church. But it's not about Anchor Church, by the way. It's about the kingdom. It's about building the kingdom. It's about being an influence in the lives of the community, the world you live in and the people around you. So it's so good to be worshiping together. And what a, what a perfect time as the church family come together and worship together on such a momentous day as, as Good Friday. And at the end of the service, Pastor Carl, we're going to take communion. We're going to lead it through a communion service. And this is, this is such an appropriate time, of course, to remember what Jesus did, to commemorate what he did at Good Friday. Of course, this is, this is Good Friday. There's a heaviness. There's a solemn. There's a weightiness. The gravity of this day for anyone who believes it's here right before us. And this is a day, of course, Jesus Jesus went to the death. He was crucified. He was beaten and broken, not because he deserved it, but for us, so that we could experience things that we never experienced before, fellowship with him. And I want you to know, I've, the theme of what I want to preach tonight and what I'm hoping that you will take away from this tonight and allow it to be a part of your life is brokenness leads to breakthrough brokenness leads to breakthrough. And I ask you this question, what in your life needs to break, needs to change that you would let go of so that you could really be all that God created you to be and be the person that you want to be? Because Good Friday is about brokenness. There's an there's amazing set of scriptures that were written 700 years, 700 years before Jesus came to the cross, 700 years. The prophet Isaiah, back in, in those times, they had Jesus use prophets to prophesy, to lead, to guide, to warn the children of Israel. And he wrote this in Isaiah 53. If, you wanna, if you're new to the Bible, if you're just trying to discover who God is in, in the word, I would challenge you to read I, for Good Friday. Might go home tonight and read this. Read Isaiah 53 and read the chapters in John, I believe it's 19, 18, 19, and 20 of John who describes the crucifixion. Because when you read John, you're reading an eyewitness to the events. The word even says that he was there. 
It even says Jesus, when he was on the cross, looked at John, his beloved disciple, it says, and he said, please take care of my mom. So when you read John, you're reading an account of an eyewitness. But let me read Isaiah 53. It describes what was going to happen all those years later to our Savior. And it says this. It says, he was despised and rejected, the prophet says. A man of sorrow, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our back on him when we looked the other way. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet, it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrow that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were punishment from God, a punishment of his own sin. But it wasn't. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be whole. And he was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, and this, is, this was written 3,000 years ago, maybe, you know, a little less than 3,000 years ago. And boy, can we relate to this today. It says this, the prophet says this. And we have left God's path to follow our own path. Yet the Lord laid down, laid on him the sins of all of us. What a description of what actually did happen a little over 2,000 years ago, that Jesus, that the Father would send his son and he would be willing to be broken so that we could experience breakthrough, that we could experience a relationship with God, that the separation would change and that we could have. This tomorrow night and Sunday, we're going to celebrate Easter, an amazing time for the body to come together because that is the ultimate breakthrough that we're reading about here. Let me also read a scripture in the New Testament. And this is from the book of Romans. And Paul the Apostle was writing his church that he had started. And he's telling his church. And maybe somebody in this room would also feel the same way. That you might be thinking that how could God love me? Because your, your thought of God is that the only way God accepts you is because you try to be good. Maybe you try to, oh, I've got to read the Bible every day. I've got to do this or got, got to do that. I've got to be good because the only way God's going to accept me if I'm good. And that that's not true because how many of us can be? But the Apostle Paul writes this about Jesus and what he did for us. It says this in Romans 5, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Let me just stop there for a second. Our freedom, his grace, his mercy in our life was far from free. Because when it says he gave his blood for us, you see, God is a just God. And your sins and mine have to be paid for. And in God's way of justice, in the Old Testament, you would bring a goat or a lamb of, without blemish to the altar to be sacrificed and it's blood poured out for the atonement of your sins. But God said, no, it's going to be a new covenant. There's going to be a new way. And God is the atonement. God paid for your sins. He paid for your rebellion. And it goes on to say this. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still enemies, he will certainly, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Now, of course, talking about Easter. So now we can rejoice 
in our wonderful new relationship because of what Jesus Christ has made us, has, because of Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. What Jesus did on the cross allowed us to have complete confidence in us, in God, and him and us. By the way, just so you know, God forgave your sins because of that cross, the past sins, the future sins, and the present ones you did today. Speaking of bo- brokenness and what, what that means to me and what it means to you is, you know, I was thinking, when I first got married, I had no idea how to be married. I grew up, this is how I live life. By the way, I learned something right away in marriage. I learned right away after I got married, I hated to be told what to do. Anybody there? And I found out something else I hated. I hated the word no. No, we're not doing that. Whoa. That rattled my cage big time. I live life this way. I grew up in a home. My dad, he was the provider. He was the dominant person in the house. And my mom was more of a servant. She just, she just served him. And maybe I carried that into my marriage. You know, it's kind of my way or the highway. And by the way, with that attitude, what do you think happened to my wife? She wanted out. I basically pushed her in the arms of someone else because of my selfishness because of my pride. And I learned right then that I had to break that. And if I didn't break that, I was going to lose my family. I had just had a young baby. My, my daughter Elizabeth was one years old and I knew that I had to break that. I had to go to God and say, God, help me through this. I can't be that person I was or I will not have the marriage I dream of. So let me fast forward of course, God did that for me. He came in and allowed me. So now I've been almost, next year I'll be married for 40 years. I have three amazing kids. I have, three ama- have an amazing wife. They have three amazing kids. They have some great spouses, just love their spouses. And I have six grandkids. Yeah. I would have never ever experienced any of the joy of not only being a pastor and helping other men and women get, have great marriages, but I wouldn't have what I have today in my family. I would never even experience that. I wouldn't have the joy I get if I didn't break what needed to be broken in my life so that I could experience the breakthrough of an amazing marriage. Something might need to break in your life tonight, I'm guaranteeing it. Every single person looking at me right now, there's one thing. We have many things in common, but one thing we definitely have in common is all of us struggle with some sin, some issue that dominates us sometimes. Might even control us. And we wonder, how many times, Lord, how could you possibly forgive me? I've prayed for forgiveness for the same sin a thousand times or more. And I want you to know, God would say, if you are, please find breakthrough. Please find breakthrough in your life. Allow the blood of the cross, Jesus shed, to allow you to have the life God created for you to be. Tonight, if I can get the worship band to come up, 
I want to make, I want us to do two things. I want us to do two commitments tonight. I want us to commit to two things. First, I want to talk to those in this room who have never come to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have never said, Lord, come into my life and forgive my sins. Never come to a place. Maybe you've, maybe I had a phone call this week and he wanted to argue that there was no God. He must have said it. I couldn't talk to him enough to know. I kept talking to him and he just kept throwing things at me. And I said, sir, you can throw all the quantum <laughs> You can throw all the quantum physics at me you want. You can throw all the evolutionary theories you can possibly throw at me. I don't care. Because there's one thing you cannot explain. You cannot explain love. Everything they build it on, but there's one thing that cannot be explained love. And I want you to know. I want you to know if God the Father was to try to prove to us how much he loved us, how much he cared for us, the passion he has for us. What greater way to do it than to send his son, the thing that mattered most to him, and allow him to take our place, to allow him to be broken and cursed. And the word even says, why have you, the word on the cross, the Lord's hanging on the cross, and he says, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Because you know what? The Lord separated, the Father separated himself for the Son because he bore our sins. What greater love than that? You can't doubt there's a God. He loves you dearly, and I want you to know he wants you to break those things. So if you've never come to a saving grace of Jesus, I want to pray with you right now. Everybody bow their heads and pray with me. If you've never, if you've never come to experience Jesus and ask him into your life for the forgiveness of your sins, I want to count to three, and I want you to raise your hand proudly and boldly and say, yes, Lord, I want, I choose you tonight, not my own way. So are you ready? If your heart's beating, if your heart's racing right now, it means God's touching you dearly. So one, two, three. Raise your hand. Whoa, whoa. Yes, I see you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 7, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. We're applauding because we know what just happened. The saving grace. I want you to know the person who drove up here tonight and the person that's going back down that driveway are going to be two completely things, two completely different people because of what Jesus is going to do right now. Pray with me under your breath. Hitchhike on my words. Lord, Lord, I receive you, Lord. I choose you, Lord. Thank you for choosing me and forgiving of my sins. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for coming and sending your Holy Spirit to guide me and to protect me and to comfort me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now I want the rest, all of us, every one of us in this room, if you're in the front row, it's under your seat. If you're, there's a stick in that seat back in front of you. I want you, everyone in this room to have a stick in their hand. I want you to raise it so I know that it's actually doing, you're following along with me. Everybody got it? Okay, you can put it down. Grab a pin, too. There's a pin in that seat back. You're going to need that. You see, I ask you this question. What do you need to have broken in your life? What do you need to change, to let go of, 
so that you can have the life, the best life God has for you. God wrote your script and he has amazing life. And our sin, our issues are holding us back. Possibly you've allowed habits, bad habits, to run rapid in your life, that you've lost control of those. Possibly there's strongholds in your life where the devil comes in, like discouragement and doubt. Discouragement's one of the, one of the enemy's greatest, greatest strongholds because you know what? You don't even know it's him. Maybe you... Maybe you've been betrayed. Maybe somebody's done something to you and you live, you wake up in the morning with resentment and you go to bed with resentment. And it's captured you. It's made you captive to it. Maybe the way you process life, you see it through eyes of negativity. Maybe your attitude towards your family, your spouse, your students, your classmates, your coworkers, your neighbors, you're processing it Maybe right below the surface, there's anger that seems to just control you. Give it to God tonight. Maybe, maybe the you go places on that computer you know you shouldn't go to. You know God's not happy about it. And lust takes over. Give it to God tonight. So what I want you to do right now is get that pin. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray Paul's prayer in Ephesians. And then we're going to take a few minutes going to write on this things that you want to give to God you want broken in your life so that you can have breakthrough now I know some of these things are going to be very personal extremely personal write it in code it's only for you you don't need to share this with anybody it's just you just write it in code but I need you to write on there because I know everybody in this room we need to do that let me read this Paul writes this in Ephesians, to the Ephesian church, he goes, this is Paul's writing, chapter 3. When I think of the wisdom and, and scope of God's plan, and that what, of course, is that is? His death and resurrection. Paul writes this. I fall on my knees, and I pray the Father, of creator of everything in heaven and earth, and I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give us a mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. If you're wondering, yeah, I'm going to write this on there, but I've, I've said... I've said, I've asked for forgiveness 2,000, 3,000 times for the thing I've just written on here. I want you to know, the word just says, from his glorious, unlimited resources, he'll give us a mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. It's available to you. He goes on to say this. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you come to trust him and may your May your roots grow deep down into God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how deep, how long, and how high his love really is. May you experience the great love of the Lord. Then you'll be made complete in the fullness and power that comes from God. You want his power to overcome this brokenness. Allow him in. So I want you to take some time the worship band's going to play. And Pastor Carl's going to come up. So take some time, just you and God, right on this. Let me tell you, the reason that we're doing this isn't some little silly gimmick or something. The reason that we're doing this is because we want, we want Good Friday to impact you. 
We want you to have interacted with the reality of brokenness and that Jesus was broken for our breakthrough. But the breakthrough is available, but there's things in our lives that we need to break off, that we need to let go of, that we need to give to him. And so we're writing this down as accountability. We're writing this down as commitment. We're writing this down as a, a physical act of committing to something and to looking at something, some things maybe, that we need to let go of, that we need to lay at the feet of Jesus. And maybe it's stuff you've dealt with for a long time. Maybe there are things that just are hard and they're not going away. And you've been trying the same amount, but tonight we're going to commit to God that we're going to try a little bit harder. And the thing is, we're not trying alone, is that we're going to actually ask and say, Holy Spirit, you're in me, you're here with me, you're here to help me. And we're going to actually commit this to say, Holy Spirit, we need your help in breaking these things out of our lives. And I'm not, I'm not a fool to believe that every one of us is going to walk out of here completely done and free with these things. But you know what this is? This is a good accountability to say, keep moving in this direction. And it may be that you need to have some physical talks with some people. It may be need to do that. You need, maybe you need to do some, get some professional help or some counseling or something like that. Or, or it's just gonna, it's gonna take a little bit more. But you know what this is? This is just a commitment. This is a first step, a bold step in the right direction. Things that need to break in your life. So I want you to take the stick right now, everybody that's in here. And if if you're not into this, that's fine. You get out of it what you put into it. But if you have some things right now that you want to be broken in your life. Would you take the stick and just hold it up in front of you? You don't have to have let anybody see it. You can cover it. You can hold it, but just hold it up right now. We're just going to say a prayer right now. We're going to commit this stuff to God. We're going to ask for his help in breaking these things in our lives right now. Let's bow our heads. God, we give you these things in our lives, the stuff we've written on the sticks. And Lord, maybe we did have to write it in secret or code or something. We don't want anyone to see it. That's okay because we know what this stick represents. We know what's on it. And you know, God, and that's enough. So God, right now is an act of accountability, an act of commitment. Lord, we're holding these things up and we're praying, God, please break these things in our lives. Lord, we are going to do our best to commit to it, but Lord, we are asking for your help. Lord, that power that was the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to us in our lives. It says that in Romans, I believe it's chapter 8, verse 11. So Lord, we want to take advantage of that power right now, Lord, and we just want to commit this to you. Lord, we are going to do our best to give you these things, to release them, to break them off. But Lord, we're asking for your help. Would you help us to break them off? We realize that brokenness leads to breakthrough. And so God, right now, we commit these things from the bottom of our hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to do something symbolic right now. I want you to physically break that stick right now. That's a cool sound, isn't it? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to believe that God has started a process spiritually of breaking that stuff in your life. And your commitment right here is what you're going to hold on to. I don't want you throwing these things away. I want you to take this. I want you to put it in your pocket or your purse right now so you don't lose it. I want you to take it home and I want you to put it somewhere where you get to look at it once in a while. That you can remember that on that Good Friday 2016 at Anchor Church, I committed something to you, God, and asked for your help in some new areas. And there's some stuff that I want broken. I'm going to remember to pray and to press in and do whatever it takes until that stuff is out of my life and I begin to see some breakthroughs. Amen? So you walk away with something tonight. We're also going to prepare right now. The ushers are going to come and we're going to go ahead and pass out the elements for communion. 
I don't believe that you can get away with a Good Friday service without having communion. It's the very reason you have communion is what we're celebrating on Good Friday. It's the fact that about 2,000 years ago, this was the day that Jesus hung on that cross. He died about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and he went into the grave. And this time of night, Friday night, he was cold, he was dead, his body had been broken, and he was in a tomb. And so what we're remembering in communion is the fact that Jesus did that for us, that we'd never forget that. The very reason we take communion is because Jesus said, hey, I'm doing something huge for you right now. Please remember that I did that. Please live like you remember that I did that for you. I'm giving my life for you. Would you live your life for me? Communion is a reminder of that. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians that I want to read you. Thank you, Tim. It's the Apostle Paul talking to a church that he started in, in the town of Corinth. He's writing to them and he's letting them know this is what communion's all about, guys. This is why we do this thing, why we eat this bread and drink this juice. And here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. He says, For I pass on to you what I receive from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Thursday night, he's having his last supper with his closest disciples and friends. A few hours later, he's about to get arrested. He's about to get tried and found guilty, though he was innocent. And a few hours after that, he's beaten, he's whipped, he's put on a cross, and he's murdered for our sake. Right before all that goes down, he's telling his friends, on the night when that was about to happen, it says the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. And an agreement confirmed with my blood, do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Here's in essence what Jesus is saying. I'm about to go through the heaviest thing ever that anyone could ever do. The ultimate act of love is to willingly give your life up for someone that doesn't even deserve it. Guys, when I think about communion, me personally, I know I don't deserve it. I wouldn't have died for me. I look at my life, big deal I'm a pastor, big deal I'm a Christian. I blow it. I sin. I, th I, I think things I shouldn't be thinking. I say things I shouldn't be saying. I do dumb things that aren't glorifying to God. And we all do them. None of us deserve what Jesus did. But it's incredible for us to remember that we didn't deserve it, but Jesus did it anyway. And so as we take communion in a minute here, I want us just to remember, and I didn't get a piece of bread. Can I get a thank you so much, Tim? How do I do this? As we pray over this, I want us to remember what we're here tonight all about. It's the night that the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate act of love was given on our behalf. And Jesus is saying, don't forget, remember, live for me. Live for the, the power of breakthrough in your lives. Let's all bow our heads and pray, and then we'll partake of this together. God, we come before you here tonight on this Good Friday. There really wasn't such a good Good Friday for you back on that day and for your believers, your followers, your friends, your family. It looked terrible. Things looked grim. You were dead and you were in a grave. But Lord, we know that your death led to incredible breakthrough because we know what happens on Sunday. We know what the resurrection meant. 
We know what it was that put you on the cross was your ultimate love. And so, Lord, here we are tonight just saying we're never going to forget that. Lord, as we eat this cracker, remember that it was your body that was beaten, that was bruised, that was spat upon, the crown of thorns, the whipping, the nails through the hands and the feet, and just what that was like, Lord, that you did it because you loved us. The blood that was spilled, that was shed on that ground at Calvary, Lord, that you spilled it for us to buy us back into relationship with God. So, God, we just want to tell you tonight, forgive us for all the times when we forget you. Forgive us for all the times when we go our own way and we live our own life in control of our own stuff. Lord, forgive us. Help us to remember you, to honor you through this act, through this night, through every day of our lives. God, we owe you all that we have. We love you and we praise you, and we give you honor and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you go ahead and partake the bread right now?